You are listening to the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. I am Doctor of Physical Therapy Brandon Bowers, and as you know by now, my co-host, Doctor of Physical Therapy Drew Ingles. We're here with episode 12. The season's absolutely flying by, Drew. You got about a month to go. September call-ups here in a couple days. How you been? I've been good. Staying busy, man. That's good. So we're just going to jump right in here and cut to the chase. Uh, The first injury we're going to hit on, the first couple actually, two Red Sox players here, and we'll kick things off here with Rafael Devers. So Rafael Devers has been dealing with a hamstring issue since uh, late July, and he's been out most of August with a reoccurring hamstring issue. Uh, he was uh, he was optioned to AAA for some rehab uh, games. He uh, went one for three last night with a double uh, and one strikeout. Um, so the uh, the manager core he wanted him to get a couple games uh, to shake some of the rust off before the injury. Well, the second uh, the second injury he actually been playing really well. Um, so. I suppose we're just going to have to keep an eye on things over the, the last month because these soft tissue injuries can reoccur just as they uh, have for Devers. But uh, they're going to try to get him a couple games and then uh, AAA and then bring him back up uh, once he feels like he's 100%. Sounds like he's coming along okay. And, I mean, something all teams are going to have to keep in mind here, Drew, <clears throat> as we get down to the, the stretch run is the minor league season ends – a few weeks before the major league season does. So the opportunity for some of these rehab stints is now dwindling with just a couple of weeks left in the minor league season. Chris sale for the Red Sox has been dealing with some shoulder inflammation. Uh, this is the second time he's actually gone on the DL this season with this same issue. He played catch as of August 29th yesterday on, on flat ground from 120 feet out. He started this throwing program on August 27th and uh, Alex Cora indicated that the plan for sale is going to be to let him throw five or six days in a row and then determine the next steps from there. He's been on the DL since July 31st, so he's been on the shelf for about a month now. And there's no definite timetable for his return at this juncture. Uh, The latest is just that they're going to have him throw on a period of consecutive days and then kind of go go as they can once they see how he responds to, to the throwing five or six days in a row. And he's a guy... Obviously, he was in Cy Young contention before he got hurt, and it's, it's unfortunate because he was having such a good year. And then Trevor Bauer, who we'll hit on later, also on the shelf in the, with an injury. Um, another guy who was a Cy Young contender who's, who's on the DL as well. So just unfortunate to see these dominant players at the pitching position go down late in the year. You Darvish for the Chicago Cubs is dealing with a stress reaction and tricep strain in his elbow, Drew. He had dealt with these elbow issues for the better part of the season, and they really couldn't figure out what was going on going on with that elbow. But now, finally, the Cubs have some clarity. So um, he had an MRI arthrogram uh, last week, and he's put on the disabled list. He's done for the year, unfortunately. Uh, good news for him, though, and the Cubs, like I mentioned, they, they have clarity as to what's going on. So the, the stress reaction is essentially just the precursor to the stress fracture. So he's shut down. He'll be resting for, for six weeks before he starts to ramp things up and begin an off-season program. But it's unfortunate as the Cubs brought him in to be a, con- a key contributor in that rotation. And unfortunately, he, he's dealt with a lot of elbow issues this season. Mm-hmm. 
Didi Gregorius for the Yankees. Drew, what's going on in New York? So he's dealing with uh, some heel pain right now and actually took him to the hospital after the game. But uh, he was injured uh, running to first. Uh, I believe he collided with, uh, was it Kendry's Morales? I think that's right. Uh, he actually he stayed in the game, but then ultimately was taken out, I think, about in the third or the fourth. Um, they just diagnosed it uh, with a heel contusion. Um, that was the left heel. And uh, this occurred August 20th, so he would be eligible to return around September 3rd-ish. Um, a couple updates. He was uh, seen taking some grounders, running a little bit, taking some BP. He took today off just for a little rest. Um uh, manager Aaron Boone, he's um, optimistic that he'll be able to return September 3rd, but um, I would bet they're going to err on the side of caution and, and just wait till he's 100%. So it might be more than likely towards the second week of September rather than the first week. Yeah, so, I mean, he's a guy that we'll, we'll keep on as he progresses here for all you fans of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast, as we do with everyone. Uh, but, I mean, fortunate for Gregorius, just that, that heel bruise, like you mentioned. And, uh, we'll keep an eye on how he progresses. Yeah, because you worry with, you know, you know Cespedes, who ultimately had season-ending heel surgery, thought mm, maybe he's kind of leaning towards that. But uh, it sounds like he is avoiding the knife right now, and it sounds like things are trending in the right direction for him. You know, you bring up a good point with Cespedes. I, I know we had talked about him previously, but a guy that I wasn't even on my radar with this situation. So it seems like things are here in pretty, the pretty early stage for Gregorius, and he seems to have dodged a bullet for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's just unfortunate with any of these big-name guys and Cespedes being included when you see him go down with such a significant injury. And with Cespedes, I mean, upwards of a year before he, he's going to be back out there. Mm-hmm. Mark Trumbo, another gentleman out in the AL East with, with the Orioles. It was just announced that he is having knee surgery uh, to address some soreness and swelling that he's had going on in that knee. Uh, the surgery date has not been determined at this time, but this uh, this injury had nagged him for quite some time. And he received multiple opinions to, to include the opinion of Dr. James Andrews, the world-renowned Tommy John surgery specialist. Um, so he, he sought his opinion, and the consensus was uh, amongst the five or six opinions he did receive that surgery was going to be the best course of care. Over the course of this season, he played in 90 games. Uh, he slashed 261, 313, 452 with 17 homers and 44 RBI. So it's an injury that nagged him for the better part of the season. The Orioles have been long out of the playoff hunt, so uh, the sooner he gets the surgery, the better, just to get a jump on next season. Unfortunate that he has to have the surgery, but again, another guy similar to Darvish, and now we have some clarity as to what's going on and, and the best way to manage it. Mm-hmm. All the best for Mark Trumbo as he looks ahead to 2019. As far as the procedure that they're performing, it hasn't been disclosed as of yet, and there will be a better indication of his return to play timetable once that information uh, comes out. Another guy undergoing the knife, Drew, that's going to end his season is Buster Posey out in San Francisco. He's having hip surgery. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what procedure he's having performed and when we can expect to see him back? So he is having his labrum performed. If you think about the hip joint, think about a ball and socket. So uh, more or less uh, visually like a, a golf ball resting on a, a tee. 
Uh, and then the labrum is a covering that uh, helps cover portion of the ball that's resting on the tee. Uh, sometimes there can be irritation of that covering. Um, sometimes uh, you can get some fraying or tearing. You can get some bone spurs that ultimately cause some of those issues, which was what Buster Posey had. He, uh, he like you said, uh, uh, Brandon, he opted for surgery and he had that on Monday uh, earlier this week. So he'll be, he actually probably has, has already started some physical therapy. Um, the goal is to get him ready for the beginning of spring training. So we're looking at, um, you know, six to seven, this is usually a six to eight month rehab. Uh, we got to keep in mind, he is going to be 32 next March and catcher is definitely going to be a tough position on those hips. I mean, you could tell that the hip bothered him really all year. He he batted a career low uh, in regards to the OPS with a 741. Just had five home runs. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see where he uh, starts uh, for the season. I would, <clears throat> if I had to put money on it, I would say that he would start a little bit later in the season, maybe uh, mid-April, we look at some of the guys um, coming back from some injuries last season, like Daniel Murphy, uh, Dustin Pedroia, <clears throat> and now, granted, I know they're two completely different surgeries, but the one common theme is a little bit older in their careers. Uh, it just takes a little bit longer, especially with the catcher position. I'm not so sure that Pus uh, Buster Posey will be ready, in fact, for the beginning of the season. Andrew, you look at a guy like Posey, and it makes me it makes me think of uh, other older catchers. Obviously, Yadier Molina is a bit of an exception, but you look at a guy like Joe Maurer, who was was a catcher for the majority of the beginning of his career, but then we saw a transition to more first base and DH. Do you think Posey's getting to that point where he, he might transition away from the catcher position and, and move towards D? Oh, obviously, no DH in the in the NL, but move towards first base potentially. Oh yeah, I mean that's a that's a definite uh, possibility. Uh, I don't know what the contract situations look like out in San Francisco with uh, Brandon Bell at first base, uh, and I don't know what contract situation is for Posey either. But um, I suppose depending on that and depending on how well he's progressing, uh, you know, do you really think that offensively Posey's better than Bell? Arguably, throughout his career, he has, but this season, now you know, could we attribute it to the hip? You know, probably, but I suppose at the end of the day, whoever offers you the best offensive opportunity, um, and I'm I'm not so sure there's a huge, huge difference in defensive capabilities between the two. Um, but yeah, like you said, later on in his career, definitely. Moving on to Justin Bohr with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, he's dealing with an oblique strain. It's it's uncertain of the severity, but if this is on the minor side, we're looking at approximately a two to four week return to play timetable. The obliques are obviously very important with, with throwing and, and batting motions. This injury occurred on August 23rd, so a week ago today. Um, so something to keep an eye on as, as the Phillies are, are grinding it out there in the NL East. I believe, and you'll hit on this later, Drew, are, are the Braves still atop the division in the NL East? Braves, yes, they are. All right, so the, the Phillies trying to contend there out in the in the NL East, so we'll see how he progresses. But again, if it's on the, on the less severe side, we're looking at about a two- to four-week return-to-play timetable. Drew, Sean Manea for Oakland has been dealing with some shoulder <laughs> impingement. What's going on out there for their pitcher? 
So uh, they had x-rays and, and they also had MRI. Uh, MRI revealed some uh, left rotator cuff tendonitis, so some inflammation, of part of that uh, muscle group that controls the shoulder motion. Um, um, if we look at uh, most recent reports, manager Bob Melvin uh, says that he's given him a 50-50 shot of returning this season. So um, a potential big blow to the starting rotation for the Oakland Athletics who are trying to stay alive in the wild card. Um, looks like we're going to have a, uh, a call up with Frankie Montez uh, filling out the last part of the rotation. So uh, in regards to treatment, they're probably going to, well, they're, they're definitely shutting him down for a little bit and then uh, control it with a uh, potential corticosteroid injection and, uh, and, and ultimately uh, just resting until we do a, a throwing progression. There's no way that he'll do a rehab stint. It'll just be progress as tolerated. And if he's ready, uh, it, it might be more so for the postseason than if they're able to make it rather than the regular season. Yeah, so, I mean, a guy who the, the A's are going to miss having in the rotation, the, as Drew, as you mentioned, I, I really don't think either that, that the regular season is going to be realistic. So uh, as they duke it out there for the potential wild card spot, we'll, we'll see how he progresses and if he's able to get back and contribute for them at a high level. Kelvin Herrera for the Washington Nationals sustained a foot injury, um, and it's not a good one. Uh, he sustained that Liz Franck injury, which is the injury to the midfoot. Uh, these these injuries come in, in a wide variety, uh, from just a, a sprain of the joint and overstretch of the ligament to breaks of the bones in the middle of the foot or even dislocations of the bones. So the unfortunate part about this is the rehab is pretty long. Uh, we're looking at uh, a nine to eleven month return to play timetable. This when it requires surgery, which it did in Herrera's case, uh, it effectively ends his season. He he more than likely will not be ready to go for the start of next season. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of these clinically, Drew, in, in your practice, but there's definitely peaks and valleys and ups and downs that go along with this. And it's easy for patients to get frustrated because the the Liz Frank joint is so important with the transfer of force from the, from the back of the lower leg to push off and running and what have you, that mm -hmm. it's going to be a long road here for Herrera. Mm -hmm. Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners drew dealing with a cervical strain. Yeah. So uh, you, you could tell something was up over his fa uh, past um, six outings. He went 0-4 with a 10.33 ERA, um, ended up uh, going on the um, DL retroactive uh, August 24th with, with a potential return date for September 3rd. Well, in all likelihood, he's, he's not going to return by then. Um, uh, it's the, the most recent information I have is, is he played like catch today. Um, so that's the most basic thing that, that, uh, we've heard yet. So, um, the good news is nothing's wrong with the shoulder. Um, sometimes you can get some numbness and tingling accompanying a cervical strain. We haven't heard anything like that. According to the manager, um, uh, Scott Cervais, he said that there was, there was some imaging done, uh, in regards to pictures. So we're not exactly specific if it was x-rays or MRIs, but in all likelihood you would think that that. He would have gotten both. Um, so this is just going to be kind of a wait and see approach. Progress is tolerated. Um, I think Max Scherzer dealt with something like this um, either late last season or early this season. Uh, and he was using a chiropractor and, and we were commenting maybe physical therapy too and potential corticosteroid injections. So 
Um, these can be a little tricky. They can linger uh, if they don't if they don't you know find the root of the cause of this. But uh, again, we're just gonna have to wait and see approach. And in all likelihood, he'll he'll return uh, probably sometime in the second week of uh, September. Yeah. So I mean, really, like you said, making sure that they're identifying the the key cause of the issue and then addressing that and going from there. So Charlie Morton, another guy in the AL West at, with the Astros dealing with some shoulder discomfort. Another, uh, you know, another pitcher for the Houston rotation that goes down. We were talking about um, Lance Peculars last week. Now we got Charlie Morton. Um, they're giving him a diagnosis of shoulder impingement. So, so similar to what Sean Manea was diagnosed with, uh, they put him on the 10-day DL. Haven't really heard anything yet. Um, well, actually, I'm pulling up a little bit of information. AJ Hinch, he's expecting. Um, Morton to return around um, September 7th, uh, 8th or 9th against the series against the Boston Red Sox. So um, we haven't heard any news in regards to um, a throwing progression or anything of that nature. So I think we're going to have to stay tuned uh, and kind of see where he progresses uh, for the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep an eye on him and see where things go from there. Another gentleman dealing with shoulder impingement uh, is Andrew Miller from my Indians. He was placed on the disabled list on August 29th yesterday, uh, received a corticosteroid injection, and is being shut down for four to five days before beginning to ramp things back up. The team doesn't seem to be too concerned uh, about this issue. He's, this is the third time he's been on the DL. They've just been super conservative with his care and making sure they're covering all their bases. Um, so I think they're just shutting them down here for, for the time being to get them ready to hopefully to ramp back up and get ready to go for the postseason. But again, the team doesn't seem too concerned. The same diagnosis that Manea was dealing with for, uh, for Oakland and that external shoulder impingement, but the team doesn't see overly seem overly concerned, uh, as similar to Manea being out for an extended period of time. Uh, Miller is not anticipated to miss, miss all that much time. Going to our injury review, Mike Trout, a big name, obviously, in Major League Baseball, uh, dealing with that wrist injury. He was activated on August 24th, and he's doing fantastic, Drew. I, I, I looked, looked up his stats coming into the, the show here tonight, slashing 353, 476, and 647. I mean, he's absolutely crushing the ball, and he's got a, a 455 average uh, on balls that he puts in play. So he's picked mm. up right where he left off. And uh, is not showing any ill effects of his wrist injury. Uh, I know we talked a little bit pre-show, Drew, about Corey Seager, and there wasn't a whole lot of extra information out. Uh, just walk the listeners through again uh, what he had performed and, and what our most recent update from our last show was. Yeah, so we haven't heard uh, uh, a whole lot of news in regards to Corey Seager. If we recall earlier in the season, he had Tommy John surgery. I think it was early May, uh, early May. Most recently had uh, hip labral surgery, similar to what Buster Posey is going through uh, in early August. So we expect those timelines to be somewhat similar, uh, but ultimately Corey Seager going to be out a little bit longer due to the Tommy John recovery process. Um, so we're still probably looking at, um, um, you know, early, uh, mid-April, early May. So there we have it on Corey Seager. Again, uh, he'll continue to work through things in the offseason. And I assume we'll probably have a little bit clearer picture as, as we get geared towards spring training uh, next season. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer for the Indians, dealing with that right fibula stress fracture that he sustained after taking a line drive off the outer side of the leg on August 11th. He was DL'd on August 14th. 
And he's coming along pretty nicely. Uh, Trevor Bauer's a grinder and really hates being shut down. Uh, so he's resumed throwing off the mound. He's out of his walking boot. And so there, there's real no definite timetable for him in terms of his return. Uh, again, we mentioned earlier that he was having a stellar season and really want, wants to be out there. Um, and I saw a tweet on Twitter earlier today. Um, that was a quote from Trevor Bauer. Uh, he said, I, I hit the disabled list because I got hit on a freaking line drive, not because I can't handle the workload or take care of my shoulder or lazy with my recovery or, or whatever. So he's clearly frustrated via the, the nature of the situation and wants what, everything to be back out there for the Indians. Mm-hmm. Ryan Matson drew, I, I believe, I mean, when, when I put together this pre-show script, uh, he was with the nationals, but I believe he may have been traded dealing with a lumbar disc herniation. Yeah, I was looking at that. He pitched for the Nationals on, uh, well, last night. Uh, he threw one inning, gave up one run. Um, I saw that he was claimed uh, by uh, re, uh, revocable ravers, uh, excuse me, revocable waivers by the Dodgers. Um, I wasn't sure if he was picked up by them. I, I read that the only team that could trade for him now is the Dodgers. Okay, okay. So I think he's still uh, a National. Um, but things could change, I suppose, pretty soon here. <laughs> but nonetheless, he pitched. Um, I don't think that there was any ill effects of the back, and obviously, um, some other playoff teams are interested, even though the uh, you know the Nats are out of it right now. I think. Um, so I think I think the Dodgers right now are working on a deal. There we go. So there's the news. Similar to like uh, you know what Verlander did last year, leaving the Tigers. And then ended up with the Astros. Um, Aaron Judge for the Yankees, a broken wrist. He sustained that chip fracture on his ulnar styloid process. Uh, He's still not throwing or swinging at full strength as of August 27th. He does believe that he's progressing, and he gave his current pain rating a a 4 out of 10 on the pain scale for what that's worth. Uh, He said about two weeks ago he was feeling a 5 out of 10 pain, so a slight reduction in that. I know Yankee fans are getting a little bit frustrated uh, at the length of time which he's been out. Um, but again, he's, he's making progress slowly, but surely, um, another guy in New York drew a, a role as Chapman, who we've talked about on previous shows has been dealing with some knee issues. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, he's dealt, he's dealt with this multiple times throughout his career. Um, however, he said this was more severe. So a, a MRI was warranted just to check out the soft tissues, see if there's anything that, um, was more compromised, but nonetheless, uh, they didn't find anything too significant. He was given a uh, platelet-rich plasma um, uh, injection. Um, And so essentially they take out uh, your blood, centrifuge it, uh, and then it kind of, it divides into uh, platelets and then the plasma. uh, And then thus that is injected into the area that is irritated. They're getting two weeks rest, looking to come back around mid-September. Again, he's not going to be able to do a, a stint in AAA. It's going to be basically pitch and pitch until you until uh, you feel 100 percent. And then uh, and so we're looking at uh, just before the postseason, I, I suppose, then for him. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll, we'll get another guy. We'll kind of keep an eye on and see uh, how he progresses. He, he's he's vital there at the back end of the Yankees bullpen. I mean, we know how dominant he can be. So there's something that, that's really plagued him for quite some time, and, and we'll see how he progresses. Uh, Steven Strasburg for the Nationals, dealing with a pinched nerve in his neck. 
has gone on for, for an extended period of time. He was activated on August 22nd. He's made two starts since coming off the disabled list. He's gone 10 innings across those two starts, striking out 10, walking four with seven earned runs. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's pitched okay since he's come back, not the Steven Strasburg that we're used to seeing uh, in seasons past, but he has been activated. Uh, again, Nationals are, are out of the playoff hunt here, so – um, if this bothers him again, expect him to be shut down. He's not showing any signs that he's having any issues now. But Steven Strasburg is back and has pitched in a, a couple of games here for the Nationals. Drew, I'll let you take things home here for the injury review segment with some information here for the listeners on Chris Bryant and then Jose Altuve. So as we've been talking about, Chris Bryant has been dealing with uh, a shoulder injury that's kept him out of, I believe, 44 games this season. Um, some good news is that he's been swinging, uh, it sounds like relatively pain-free. Um, he is in his fourth rehab game for AAA Iowa. I haven't checked out his stats yet, but, um, I'm going to pull some up real quick. He went one for two, two walks and a run scored in his second game. I don't have the stats for the third game. He'll play the fourth. Uh, and so it looks like uh, they're going to give some, uh, you know, the Cubs are going to give some time still to David Bode. Bode uh, he's been playing well, two walk-offs uh, within the past month. Uh, but it looks like Chris uh, is progressing uh, pretty well here. Um, we're looking at uh, probably a early September to mid-September. Uh, well, early September because the minor league, uh, minor league season is going to be done this week. So uh, he'll be returning to the Cubs pretty soon here. Will he return to the starting lineup once he's back well yeah if he's if he feels like he's 100 percent, then they'll put him right in um and then lastly looking at jose altuve he's back in the starting lineup he doesn't seem to be bothered by that knee injury at all so that's good two two key names here for playoff contenders uh that are they're coming back at the right time so Good news for them. Obviously, Jose Altuve is a guy, Drew, that we've talked about before. I mean, this is his first ever sit on the disabled list, so something out of the out of the ordinary for him. Quick hit section where we detail the disabled list days and stints and who are leading in the good categories and the not-so-good categories. The Texas Rangers leading the way with the most disabled list days and stints with 1,476 days lost to the disabled list this season. They're also leading the way with the number of disabled list stints with seven, 27 players ha- having been placed on the disabled list. As far as the good list to be on the least number of days, that title is owned by the Houston Astros with 50, 554 days. And the least disabled list stints with 12 placements on the DL goes to the Chicago White Sox. So again, you look at you look at this situation, I mean, minus the White Sox who who have stayed relatively healthy and not really in the hunt, but the Astros defending world series champions, they've had a healthy, a relatively healthy year. And I mean, they're performing well. So uh, with that, we're going to head on to the who's hot, who's not segment segment drew uh, with our division leaders and our player leaders as well. So if we look at the division leaders, we're going to start in the AL. If we look at the East, Boston is still top of the division In the Central, we've got the Cleveland Indians. And then out West, Houston has regained the lead um, over Oakland. And as of now, if things were to finish today, uh, we'd have the Yankees in Oakland in the wild card spot. And then if we move to the NL, we've got the Braves sitting atop the NL East. We've got the Chicago Cubs 
uh, in the NL Central. And then out West, we've got the Diamondbacks in first place. Uh, they're only a half game above the Colorado Rockies and only one game above the Dodgers. So that West seems to be uh, a pretty nice uh, finish towards the end here. And then if we look at the wild cards, we've got the St. Louis Cardinals and the Colorado Rockies. And then who's hot is we've got Christian Yelich, outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. He recently just went six for six with a uh, cycle, and he had another two home run game. Um, just been killing the killing it uh, over the past uh, past month uh, or two months. Uh, and then we're gonna go to the pitcher position. Uh, Aaron Nola, pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. Just had a showdown with Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Um, he's 2-0 uh, with a 0.82 ERA, 0.73 whip. And then lastly, we've got first base DH for the Houston Astros, Tyler White. The young kid, he's batting 403 home runs, just had a walk-off. Uh, he's got, uh, um, I think, 18 RBIs within the past two weeks. He's uh, playing really well. And then uh, moving to the who's not hot, uh, I mentioned him earlier, Brandon Belt. He's six for his past 44 with 16 strikeouts. And then I've got two pitchers on the list. We've got Junior Guerrero. He's the pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. He was lit up his last outing. He lasted only one and a third, gave up six runs over his last three starts uh, and 10 and one-third innings pitch. He's given up 20 runs, 14 of which were unearned, excuse me, earned. And then lastly, we got Tyler Anderson pitching uh, for the Colorado Rockies in his last three starts. He's 0-3 with a 15.09 ERA. And in his last outing, only lasted two-thirds, gave up seven hits, six earned runs. So not ideal. Not ideal indeed. I, did you watch any of that game the other night when Yelich hit for the cycle? Uh, you know, I just watched the highlights. It was pretty crazy. It was going. I think it was last night. I mean, they were going back and forth. And I think the final score ended up being like thirteen to twelve. And not only did Yelich hit for the cycle, I think he went for six for six. He did. He did. And then uh, was it Jesus Aguilar hit the walk off? Yeah. And the fun fact about Aguilar is uh, he's a former Indian, and he he had kind of been a Triple A lifer down here in Columbus, and had had a couple of opportunities up in Cleveland. And really didn't do anything for us at first base. So we released him and DFA'd him and, and the Brewers picked him up and he's been absolutely crushing it. You know, I mean, you can't win them all, Brandon. Just, I know. You can't have them all. You know, the Tigers used to have J.D. Martinez, Max Scherzer, uh, Justin Verlander, David Price, all in the same squad and we didn't win a championship. I mean, it's it's frustrating. I mean, that reminds, it takes me back to the Indians of the '90s. When I mean, when we were kids, I mean, on paper, they were the most dominant team in the AL Central, winning 100 games in in '95 and in '97, and they couldn't get it done. So I, I've been there. Uh, it's it, it's not fun. Uh, well, with were you gonna say something? Nope, just gonna say well. All right. <laughs> With that, we're going to wrap up episode 12 here of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast. As always, we thank each and every one of you for listening. Any final thoughts, Drew, as we head into the month of September and the stretch run here in Major League Baseball? Well, I'm looking forward to some of the uh, uh, how things shake up in some of these tight races, but I'm looking forward to some of the call-ups to see some of these younger guys play. Um, you know, that's what I'm looking for for the, for the last part of these uh, you know, Detroit Tigers. 
There we go. Rosters expand on Saturday, September 1st. So keep an eye on uh, your favorite team and then see who's coming up. Uh, be sure to follow us all on Twitters, uh, not Twitters, on Twitter. Uh, the Fantasy Doctors at the Fantasy DRS, myself at BL Bowers 12, and Drew at Drew Ingles. Side note uh, pick six for the Browns against your Lions. Uh, Drew Ingles is spelled I N G. <laughs> they start counting in a week. I mean, for, as a Browns fan, we can take any. We'll take any win we can get, preseason or regular season. Although the regular season wins are, are hard to come by. Yeah, you guys were four and zero in the preseason last year. How'd that turn out? Didn't turn out very well. And there's actually a T-shirt company in Cleveland, Drew. I don't know if you saw, um, called GVR, and they they came out with a shirt that said uh, a season without a W. And they, they spelled out Browns on the front of the shirt, and they didn't put the W in Browns. So I thought that was pretty funny. They're creative in Cleveland, I tell you. Yeah, they, they got to keep people on their toes. Uh, anyways, uh, Drew Ingles on Twitter. Ingles is spelled I-N-G-E-L-S. Be sure to check out the Fantasy Doctors website, uh, www.thefantasydoctors.com. And be sure to download and review the podcast on iTunes. For Drew Ingles and the Fantasy Doctors, I am Brandon Bowers. And we will talk to you in a couple weeks on episode 13 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast.